that, there's a couple of examples across the country of people who have had their entire lives' careers changed, altered, destroyed over some ancient accusations of sexual something or other. Right. Without any looking into how true they are or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are the minor stuff. Uh, um, uh, there's a couple of professors across the country that this has happened to. Um, without without any, like, trial, or are we sure this is true, or anything. What were the circumstances, right? Yeah, just uh, yeah. Uh, in, in, in like a day. It's over. You're done. Right, you're just sacked and we move on. Yeah. Interesting. Wow, it's crazy. Well, and, and you got people who did what they did allegedly decades ago, and, you know, granted, in a lot of cases, they shouldn't have done it. They should not have done it. If it happened. Well, right. <laughs> yeah. But we're decades down the line. I mean, uh-huh. several decades. And all of a sudden, you're on the front page of the newspaper, um, outed as a perv. I know a guy I associated with him for quite some time, who I have a feeling, if he's still alive, is sweating a lot right now. Mini scandal, high school, allowed to resign. Everybody went about their lives. Um, yeah, but now who knows? Might end up on the front page of the, certainly the local paper. Yeah, more on that later. Yeah, Whew, that's it's something. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> we talked about this a, a bit yesterday, but late in the show, and we think it's probably worth resetting. Well, not probably, definitely. Former Facebook Vice President Shamath Palahapitaya reveals that he feels, quote, tremendous guilt over his role in heading a company which is aiding the destruction of society. He said, quote, the short-term dopamine-driven feedback loops we've created are destroying how society works. He pointed to the insatiable need for hearts, likes, and thumbs up. Quote, no civil discourse, no cooperation, misinformation, mistruth. And it's not an American problem. This is not about Russian ads. This is a global problem. So we are really in a bad state of affairs right now, in my opinion. It is eroding the core foundations of how people behave by and between each other. Any uh, disagreement with that assertion? No. 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 And listen, I'm not. From anyone? No. From the beginning, this stuff has made me really uncomfortable. Yeah, me too. That's fine. How me too. shallow it is. How you call. I have 300 friends. And maybe it was because it was real awakening for me in German class in high school. Regular Germans, Michael. Um, <laughs> that the our, our teacher, my teacher, very fond of him, he pointed out in Germany, it's an incredible honor for somebody to say, you are my friend. It is a designation only given to your very closest friends. Otherwise, you're an associate, respected a coworker, whatever, blah, 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 blah. This is Jim. We, uh, we know each other. But to be called a friend is an honor. And it just made me think about the word and what it means in a way that I hadn't before. And then along comes Facebook and your most tangential relationships, people you don't even like, you're calling, quote, unquote, your friend. And that bothered me from the beginning. But anyway, uh, this uh, Palahapataya also highlighted the way social media is able to manipulate mob mentality. And you may not have heard about this. There was a WhatsApp hoax. It's a popular app among your young people in India. It led to seven people being lynched. Internet hoax gets seven people lynched. 
Quote, that's what we're dealing with, he said. And imagine taking that to the extreme. That's pretty extreme right there. But where bad actors can now manipulate large swaths of people to do anything you want, it's just a really, really bad state of affairs. And we compound the problem, right? We curate our lives around this perceived sense of perfection because we get rewarded in these short-term signals, hearts, likes, thumbs up. We conflate that with value, and we conflate it with truth. Conflate is just a word that means confuse with or act as if they're the same thing. And instead, what it really is is fake, brittle popularity that's short-term and leaves you even more, admit it, vacant and empty before you did it. Because then it forces you into this vicious cycle where you're like, what's the next thing I need to do now? Because I need it back. Think about that compounded by two billion people. Then think about how people react then to the perceptions of others. Your behaviors, you don't realize it, but you're being programmed. It was unintentional, but now you've got to decide how much you are willing to give up, how much of your intellectual independence. Well, he says it's unintentional. That other dude that was played by Justin Timberlake in the movie from Facebook a couple of weeks ago said it was intentional. Mm -hmm. That's Sean Parker. Yeah. I prefer to think of him as Justin Timberlake. Uh, Um, Yeah, he says says it was intentional. Yeah, yeah. Palahapataya said uh, of Facebook, my children aren't allowed to use that as... Now, what does that say to you? One of the, uh, the, the, the guys at the beginning says, oh, my kids aren't going to be on it. Now, if you're thinking, well, Facebook, I don't use Facebook, or how big is that? If you're like not in the Facebook loop. What is the stat that's out there? One out of every six minutes spent online is on Facebook. I mean, it's just amazing. It's Facebook, astounding. Facebook makes a 400-pound gorilla cower in the corner. Yeah. In yeah. terms of how huge it is. Yeah. And, and... You you can also go with a well I don't do it I'm do whatever but kids, right. kids are killing themselves at unbelievable rates right opioid use all this stuff that might be related to it you, you got to be concerned for society well we're seeking satisfaction and truth in a place that we can never find it I think it's as simple as that lack of the Lord my friend well that doesn't hurt but uh, I mean that that well that that doesn't help. Uh, Sean Parker said, uh, you may remember the thought process that went into building these applications, Facebook being the first of them, was all about how do we consume as much of your time and conscious attention as possible. I don't know if I really understood the consequences of what I was saying, because the un- unintended consequences of a network when it grows to a billion or two billion people and it literally changes your relationship with society, with each other, it probably interferes with productivity in weird ways. God only knows what it's doing to our children's brains. You may remember... Um, Parker saying that. Now, Palahapataya underscored that the company overwhelmingly does good in the world, but that you need to take hard breaks from the apps. And I think what he was trying to say is you have to have enough self-knowledge to, like I do with Twitter. I admit it. I, I sometimes think, why the hell didn't this get way more retweets? This is really good. <laughs> this is good as something that gets a million retweets. What's the matter with you people? And then I, then I always say, wait a minute, check yourself. Check yourself. You don't need hearts and favorites and likes. You don't. What are you doing? We do. What, a, what are you? Whose tune are you dancing to, boy? We do have a slightly different thing, and it's like you know, directly can be directly tied into the success of the radio program. Yeah, yeah. So Facebook has blasted back. Insisted you, they said. Insisted the company has changed since Palhapitaya left. Has it? Shamath has not been at Facebook for over six years, the company said. Facebook was a very different company back then, and as we have grown, we have realized how our responsibilities have grown, too. It's no longer a shallow cesspool of people comparing themselves to each other at all. Uh, I don't doubt that they've done, quote, a lot of work and research with experts to understand the effects of its service on well-being. 
Um, we are also making significant investments more in people, technology, and processes. And as Mark Zuckerberg said on last earnings call, we are willing to reduce our profitability to make sure the right investments are made. I don't doubt that. But you have created, in the style of Dr. Frankenstein, a beast that you cannot control, my friends. That much is clear. Uh, boy, the whole uh, short-term dopamine feedback. I've been you've heard me saying it for years. It is so like the experiments. I remember it was during the '80s when cocaine was everywhere. At least, you know, in your your bigger cities and swing, Gladys remembers your swinging enclaves. <laughs> oh, Gladys, you should have heard her play the harp back in the '80s. You were a huge cokehead, Gladys. I don't mean out here or anything, but I mean you were known for that. And oh man, she'd be playing you know guitar solos and stuff, doing all sorts of you know Eddie Van Halen solos on her harp, and the rest. it was crazy. But anyway, I remember back in the day uh, them doing experiments with monkeys. You know whether it was coke or crack, and the crack monkeys would just take hit after hit after hit after hit and would refuse food and just keep doing doing coke till they were dead. They did not want food because they were getting coke. And I think social media is exactly like that. You don't want the food if human interaction because you're getting the coke of the thumbs up. Which we're not designed to need cocaine. We are designed to need belongingness. And uh, a lot of other things that fit into uh, Facebook. We're designed for that. Yeah, exactly. But real belongingness. But if your brain can't I mean, you tell ought the to eat a lot of fruit and vegetables. If you eat wax fruit and vegetables, you're not going to get any good out of it. But you'd, you'd be able to tell the difference if you tried to eat a wax apple. Right. You can't, your brain can't tell the difference between fake belongingness on Facebook and the real thing. Wax apparently. apples, pretty good band name. Although it can at a deeper level. It can't at a deeper level. It can at a surface level, apparently, and can't at a deeper level, I guess, since people are killing themselves. Because they're not getting those basic human needs fulfilled, and it's right. making them want to kill themselves. Right, because it's, well, you're denying yourself, at least to some extent, some people are denying themselves real companionship, and you're opening yourself up to the savagery of the Internet, where the cruel and the heartless among us enjoy tormenting people. I'm going to tell everyone about how sh- you are. There's an example right there. And so you're you're getting none of the positives and you're opening yourself up to practically global abuse and derision. Seems like a great idea. Where do I sign up? It's interesting you can you can be engaged in various things or not. And like I'm super immersed in the news world, so I do for a living. Yeah. My wife doesn't pay any attention to what's going on in the news world. Good for her. What a what a nice thing to be able to do. But like I'll bring up something that's just omnipresent in my life, and she hasn't heard a word about it. So sure. i got to start at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. There's this guy named Roy Moore who wants to be a senator. You know, it's, it's like it's almost impossible for me to believe nobody knows that. She, she doesn't know anything about it. Sure. The reverse is true with Facebook, though, because she's on that regularly, and she'll she'll bring up something. I'll say, what's that? She said, oh, my God, Facebook has been going crazy with this for two days. I'm not on Facebook, so I don't have any idea. You're either immersed in those worlds or not. And if you're in the world, things can seem very, very huge. Right. Better of. Does she ever ex- use the expression, it broke the Internet? She's never said that. No. Good, good. I'm, I'm relieved to hear that. Um, so you got that. Anyway. The people who created Facebook are out to kill us. Right. <laughs> the long and short of that. And if we don't get them first, we'll regret it. Yeah, I want to talk about a couple of cases of this. People losing their careers over uh, old claims of sexual harassment that is 
sweeping the nation. It's starting to trickle down from the really big stuff into, like, universities, businesses, high schools, whatever. Oh, and how have we let let this go this far? The complete list of the texts between Mueller team agent Peter Strzok and his mistress are out, which they badmouth Trump. I didn't see that. I have them. Oh, I want to hear that. Well, you got to do that first. I want to hear that immediately. Can't wait. I'm going to sit down with a cup of coffee, put my feet up, and listen. There you go. You'll give us a thumbs up and a heart for this one. (laughs) Next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. to me it turns out the way it normally would turn out if a candidate <laughs> turns out to be a child molester so it, i don't find it that shocking but uh no 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 there's a lot at work there yeah um it was very simple and yet you know the winners and losers is a little more complicated and why various people made various decisions about who to back and how to back them and who to not kick out and all just Reveals an awful lot. It's all very grubby and kind of discouraging to me. But, I don't know. They'll get a chance to, to vote again in what? 20, 2020? Is that when Sessions would have come up for re-election? Because this is yeah, se- yeah, Jeff just, Sessions' seat we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, this guy's going to be a senator for two years. Then a Republican who's not a child molester will run and win. Right. Yeah, speaking of being too hip for the room, yeah, Jeff Sessions became the attorney general and gave up his seat in the Senate from Alabama, and so they had to have a special election to fill the seat for the remainder of his term. The Republicans nominated a alleged child molester who... Horse-riding, gun-pulling, rootin'-tootin', a judge who chose not to follow the law on a couple of occasions and got booted out of his judgeship twice. I think that all that was going to help him get elected. Well, right, among the fundamentalist types in, in Alabama. So anyway, what a day! What a day! So you you have the uh, the really troubling story, and and to their credit, the mainstream media is finally to their slim credit on this story of this Peter Strzok character, who has been the key guy of the Hillary Clinton email investigation and the Donald Trump slash Russia messing with the election investigation for the FBI and the DOJ, and um. He was the guy who questioned Hillary. He questioned Hillary's aides. He granted the immunity to a bunch of Hillary aides. He was the guy who softened the language in the Comey report so that it didn't say uh, gross negligence, which is what the statute said you can prosecute somebody for in handling national secrets. He changed that to extremely careless, which is not prosecutable. Then he headed up the Trump investigation, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it's come out that this guy... And, and my, my headline is a little different than a lot of people's, but this guy was having a love affair. He's a married, high-ranking FBI agent in counterintelligence. He's having an affair with another married FBI agent, which opens him up for all sorts of blackmail. Because you think the Russian spooks and the Chinese spooks aren't looking for that sort of thing as hard as they can so they can turn somebody? Of course they are. But anyway... 
So not only is this guy doing this, which makes him vulnerable, he is putting in writing all sorts of harshly critical stuff about one or both or all the people who might be the next POTUS. And listen, I'm a radio guy. I make jokes about the news for a living, and I'm pretty cautious about what I put in writing. Um, so the uh, fact that this Peter Strong in was, writing, you mean his text to his lover? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I am too. I wouldn't say something super critical of people that are paying me in a text, probably. Right, but you certainly got to you got to be cautious if you're if you're having an affair. Um, uh, you know, by definition, you assume this is pretty, pretty between the two of you stuff. Yes. Although, God, I mean, if you're texting a lover at all, you must have some assumption that this isn't going anywhere. Yeah. But have you ever had a love affair end? Have you ever watched a love affair end? I mean, that's, it's incredibly unwise to me. And especially the guy's. One of the top counterintelligence people in the United States of America, and he's behaving like this. That is extraordinary to me. Oh, I I agree. That is really yeah. a black eye for the uh, the bureau. I think that he was that comfortable means something. Right. That's just freaking stupid to use uh, the terms of uh, you know the common man and woman. So anyway, these guys were key I, players. I, one of the I, I was going to have Sean get the sound. I still was because it's so good. One of the congressmen that's really into this whole, we need to have a special counsel investigate the special counsel. Right. That is, I don't know how much heat that's getting behind it. Trey Gowdy's still against it. Right, but it's getting more and more momentum. But it's growing. But one I mean, of the guys, is, I'm reading from the WAPO, by the way. This is not Breitbart. One of the guys that's behind it yesterday said, he said, it's as if the FBI put together an all-star team of never-Trumpers. Right. Which is, it kind of looks that way. Well, and you know, at the time, I was really curious slash pissed that the FBI was handing out immunity to Clinton aides like crazy in a way that didn't make any sense to me. It's just not the strategy you usually follow if you're trying to get the truth out of people. You don't hand out immunity before you question them. And this Peter Strzok guy, maybe he had perfectly legitimate investigatory reasons for doing that. But now there are hundreds and hundreds of texts out where he makes it clear that he's a fan of Hillary. Not a big fan, but a fan. And he can't stand Republicans. Although he's kind of pro-Kasich briefly during this string of stuff. So anyway, here are some examples. And I'm absolutely willing to keep an honest mind and an honest and open intellect about this. But man, it stinks to high heaven. Uh, let's see. One of the earliest texts from 2015 shows Strzok calling Senator Bernie Sanders an idiot like Trump. Figure they cancel each other out. On March 4th of 2016, his lover, Ms. Page, texted, God, Trump is a loathsome human. To which Strzok replied, yet he may win. Strzok then added, good for Hillary. To which Page replied, it is. That conversation, which takes place after 2 a.m., includes Strzok testing, God, Hillary should win $100 million to nothing. The same night, Page notes Trump's comments about the size of his hands, which was ridiculous, and says, quote, This man cannot be president. On March, 20, uh, March of 2016, Page texted Strzok, I cannot believe Donald Trump is likely to be an actual serious candidate for president. 
well, next month. So look, you say we all right. Uh, there are more, more here. Yeah, I want to hear more. But a good FBI agent should be able to overlook how he feels about the candidate to do the investigation. Right. You would hope. Strock texted, "I loathe Congress." Is there any good sexy stuff? Oh yeah. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? <laughs> Trump appealing for a few great Republican candidates this morning. House Speaker Paul Ryan hit Armstrong and Getty with a really illuminating stat about tax reform. Get into that minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. You have tax between two lovers and you're giving me politics. We will squeeze in during Marshall's news segment the texts that involve the phrase, and I quote, enormous douche. Stay with us. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Talk about my uh, second grader had his first group project I think he's ever done in school. He was complaining last night about the various people in his group. Yeah. It's just kind of funny. They say that's the number one quality you have to have in the modern workplace, the Compl- ability to work in a team. The ability to identify the people that are dragging you down. <laughs> and then drive them out of the team. Uh, let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, not going to do it. Roy Moore refusing to concede to Alabama st- Senate winner Democrat Doug Jones. Instead, Moore is suggesting a recount may be in order after Jones' narrow victory. With 100% of the precincts Maybe reporting... Maybe ought to recount the age of the girls you date. Oh, huh? burn! With 100% of the precincts reporting, Jones has 49.9% to Moore's 48.4%. So um, you got a Democrat... Well, granted, it's a red state. He could barely beat a known child toucher. Great. Great race you ran there. Reminds me a little of the presidential race, honestly. I wish we. I wish it could be replicated somewhere else. I don't want any children touched, so that would be awful. But in a blue, blue, blue state like California, yeah. Feinstein's retiring, so you're going to have a Democrat who's clearly going to win. They'll run some token Republican against him. If that Democrat turns out to have Roy Moore's like past... Would there would would there be a bunch of Democrats vote for the child molester Democrat rather than have a Republican senator? I say yes. I say there'd be lots of them. I think that's just the way some people are built. Meanwhile, President Trump is looking for a few great Republican candidates. The president tweeting out this morning, if last night's election proved anything, it proved we need to put up great Republican candidates to increase the razor-thin margins in both the House and the Senate. Well, he's absolutely correct. And, you know, Mitch McConnell would tell him the same thing. Now, Mitch McConnell is no hero to anybody. But, yeah, you can't trot out nut jobs. You can't trot out the faves of the 15% most adamant, adamant, you know, whether they're, uh, they're super evangelical or on the left, hardcore, everybody should get an abortion types. Right. You just, you can't cook up your candidates to please that outer fringe. President Trump is trying to push a big tax bill over the finish line, so he's going to be talking about reform in a White House speech at 10 o'clock this morning, West Coast time. Similar Republican tax bills have cleared the House and the Senate. Negotiators trying to resolve differences before a final bill is voted on. And this morning, the Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, was talking tax reform with Armstrong and Getty. And Jack Armstrong asked Ryan about polls showing the American people not really sold on the GOP tax plan. So USA Today Suffolk University poll, I'm sure you're aware of this, the other day said there's 32, 32% support for the yeah. GOP tax plan, which is a... The lowest support for any major legislation in 30 years. What do you think people are missing? 
Yeah, well, 31 years ago, when people asked the same question about the Reagan tax reform plan in 86, I think 18% of people thought they were going to benefit from it. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty good retort, actually. Yeah. Right well right. retorted. You know, if we're going to use that, you ought to edit it up so I don't sound so stupid. Yeah, if we're going to edit clips, please, <laughs> any stumbles or whatever, take them out so we sound better than we are. There you go. For radio men, we're not wizards, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ryan insists the end result will be a much stronger economy that will benefit people in all tax brackets. Well, that's what the Wall Street Journal editorial board believes, and they're all about, uh, you know, the growth of the economy and big business and all that sort of stuff. They think the economy is going to grow 3 to 4% from here on out. You know, Anton, the uh, the studio where uh, the Dead Flowers recorded our first two albums had a uh, turn crap into gold button. We need one of those. <laughs> it's great because you can only do so much with editing software. <laughs> Man flu, it turns out, is real. Men stereotypically don't deal as well with illness as women do, and many call the phenomenon the man flu. And now new research backs up that observation. Memorial University of Newfoundland analyzed several studies, and they found evidence that men have weaker immune systems than women, especially when it comes to respiratory infections. Hmm. In I wonder why that is. One study found men are admitted to the hospital more frequently than women when they have the flu, and that men seem to face a higher risk of dying from the flu. So it's not just as it has been portrayed for years, being more whiny, you're actually sicker. Right. No, there are no differences between men and women. It's all a social construct. Signed, idiots. Well, California, starting January 1, has three options on your driver's license. Yeah. Man, woman, or neither? Yeah, you get the flu. How do neithers respond? Oh, that's right. That's not really a thing. That's a, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. I identify as a kangaroo. Can I get a free ticket to Australia or something? What? I got no pouch. Give me a pouch. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you have 10,000 texts between two lovers and you bring me all politics. Come on. Where's the... That was something last night when you put on the cowboy hat. I need produce emojis. (laughs) Give me produce emojis. During the... Hey, turn off the music. We got a couple minutes. Let's use it. During the Republican National Convention, Paige, that's the lady FBI agent, married who's having an affair with the male high up, well, like the head guy in counterintelligence, who's married, having an affair. She texted during the RNC, the Republican National Convention, wow, Donald Trump is an enormous douche. Speaking of the lack of coordination, she added, it's just a two-bit organization. I do so hope his disorganization comes to bite him hard in November. Although, you know, what his lover girl said is much less interesting to me than what the FBI guy said. Because, listen, this may... Shock some of you ladies. Actually, you shouldn't because you do the same thing. Sometimes the person you're having love and sex with says something and you go ahead and agree with it just because you don't want to disagree with it. Oh, yeah. Romantic comedies. I love those. Those yeah. are fun. We should go see that. <laughs> so, uh, example, torn from real life. Uh, Paige texted, Trump should go F himself. And she texted, she just has to win now about Hillary. I'm not going to lie. I get a flash of nervousness yesterday about Trump. Uh, Strzok wrote, he was, quote, worried with what happens if Clinton is elected. Doesn't explain what he means. Okay, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, But their feelings get more clear as they get closer to Election Day. Strzok texted, oh, hot damn. HRC is throwing down, saying Trump is in bed with Russia. Wow. As a counterintelligence guy, he's all excited about this. Then adding, she could do so much better, but she's just not getting traction. Jesus. 
Now, now, like, yes. Have we seen a picture of this woman? Yes. What's she look like? She's a good enough looking gal. Because I just, I could just, I'm, I'm listening to these. I mean, and you I'm wouldn't thinking, describe her as like a model or super hot or whatever. Well, she's a, you know, a mom. But I'm just listening to this thinking he might just realize this is her thing. This is what gets her excited to talk to me. We're going to meet later tonight. Yes, hiking. Who doesn't like going on hikes? I'll be, I'll, I'll be right over. Yeah. Right. I, but he's, he's just into whatever she's into whilst they're having lots of sex. Although he's saying, oh, hot damn, she's throwing down about Trump in bed with Russia, but she could do so much better. So he's really rooting for that narrative. Or, or he's just watching. I mean, is he watching the debate or what is he doing? This is on election day. On election day. Or getting close to election day. On election day, he texted, OMG, this is effing terrifying, forwarding a story saying Clinton could lose, to which Page replied, yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that one, uh, hmm. See, that stuff. he never, ever pushed back, and he had his own enthusiasms for anti-Trump stuff. And he's in charge of the investigation. Well, I find that troubling. I just, I wouldn't push back against the woman I'm having sex with tonight either. Whatever you say sounds good to me. In November 2015. Just trying to avoid a fight until tonight. In (laughs) November 2015, as I try to break through the excuse making for this guy, Paige said she hopes House House Speaker Paul Ryan falls and crashes in a blaze of glory, to which Strzok replied, yeah, me too. At some point, the Republican Party needs to pull their head out of their ass. Shows no sign of recurring anytime soon. Then they called Martin O'Malley a freak show, which I think everybody can agree on. Who briefly ran on the Democrat side as a he was like one of those uh, sacrificial lambs in a in a bullfight. Um, Strzok saying, "I suppose I'll vote for Hillary." Um, on and on, more of the same. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. Not enough. I loved it when you blanked my blank. I mean, if I'm looking into people's dirty laundry, it might as well be good stuff. I mean, I got to believe every, you know, all the Supreme Court justices, all all kinds of people that have to be impartial at various points have pretty strong political opinions. Is is putting them down on paper somewhere make them worse than just holding them in your head? Texts aren't actually paper, Jack. They aren't? No. I thought they sent little missives. That would explain why it takes so long to get your texts (laughs) in the mail. So we got stories we won't be covering, and uh, oh, a couple of more um, sexual something or other stories that have come out and ruined people's lives, for better or worse. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. TMZ has a pretty troubling picture of dad today from that kid that got bullied video we were talking about earlier. Uh-huh. Maybe we'll have to bring that up later. Eh. Yeah. Eh. Sounds like there's a lot of enthusiasm for the idea. Stay with us. Yeah. Right now, please welcome Washington Examiner senior political correspondent David Drucker. David, welcome. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm finding politics increasingly soul deadening. So my opening question to you: How's your soul? You know, after three years or two and a half years of continuous campaign that seems to never end, 
Bad. Not bad. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, I don't know which thing to focus on. To me, the whole Roy Moore thing is what should happen in a democracy happened. Uh, uh, one of the candidates turned out to have a like really unacceptable past, and he lost. Okay, so that's the end of that story. And is there more? Well, you know, I think that it's difficult to have discussions because uh, it's hard to look at politics as something that's complicated. And, of course, then people are willing to look at it as complicated. They overcomplicate it in the wrong ways. I, I think you're right that Roy Moore was a flawed candidate. In fact, he's always been perceived in Alabama as a flawed candidate. In 2012, when he won for the second time, I believe the second time, uh, the uh, post of state Supreme Court justice in Alabama, which is an elected post, he um, underperformed Mitt Romney, who was as the Republican presidential nominee that year, uh, by a lot. Uh, Alabama Republicans have always found his his rhetoric and his uh, antics troubling. But in a deep red state like Alabama, he was still able to eke out a victory because anything's better than a Democrat. The same way in California, um, you, you can't even find Republicans anymore. It's just the flip side. So um, I think what happened here are a couple of things. One, and there was finally a, somewhat of a bridge too far with these allegations of sexual misconduct, uh, especially in the, in the post-Harvey Weinstein uh, moment that we're in, which has really changed things, uh, politics of sexual misconduct allegations. Uh, two, a lot of money and attention went into the Alabama race. And that turned out to be a good thing for Doug Jones because the African-American turnout was way up at near a presidential level. Well, not only presidential, but I heard it was uh, almost the same as in 08 when Barack Obama ran for the first time. Right, and that's true, and that's a big deal. One of the things that did not happen in 2016 for Hillary Clinton is we saw a drop-off in the non-white vote percentage-wise from what it had been under Obama. And so, of course, the new conventional wisdom that we realized was that um, Obama was a unique candidate and minority turnout would never exist again as it had under him. Unless we Charles Barkley comes to campaign, then it all changes. The round mound of turnout. I wonder if he gets a lot of credit the for that. The round mound of rebound, well, I'm now calling the round mound of rhetoric, showed up and um, but the point is, they were able to actually recreate to a degree um, Obama-era um, minority turnout, and that was a really big deal. And, and, and then you had, and this is, I think, what Republicans need to look out for next year. You had some enthusiasm because of the nature of the candidate. You had the the fact that Republicans didn't uh, President Trump's endorsement in a state that loves him perhaps more than any other didn't um, matter enough. And you had suburban voters who, in this state, usually vote Republican, almost always vote Republican. Enough of them said no. And that's, those are the, some of the things Republicans have to look out for next year in, in suburban districts where Trump's numbers are good. Maybe his endorsement's not enough to get people to turn out where his numbers are not good. And you have suburban voters in districts that, that even some of them voted for Clinton because they didn't like Trump, might vote for uh, the Democrat. And I'll just add this, because of where you guys are located, especially if opinion doesn't turn around on this tax plan. Yeah, we talked to Paul Ryan earlier today. But, hey, since we're running out of time, I wanted to ask you about the, you know, what's the old Latin phrase, uh, who will watch the watchman? So there is some growing, it would seem, 
uh, rumblings about a special counsel to look at the special counsel. Do you think that's going to happen? I, I don't know enough yet. I, I say it's possible. Really? God, that'd be crazy. Aren't, wouldn't we we'd be into completely uncharted territory then? Mm-hmm. Special counsel to look I into mean, him? I think what we should do, we could sh- maybe we should shut down the Justice Department and just have nothing but special counsels. With <laughs> nobody to stop them from doing anything. Wow, just to have guys in dark suits lined up at the door of the DOJ. Next! I mean, it is. Right, we need you yeah. to look into Mitch McConnell's tobacco farm. You know, and just I run mean, through. They might show up at my front door. Who knows? Well, mm. yeah. Uh, the, uh, the end game when we have a whole bunch of special counsels is they don't. They, they're not as beholden to the, the the due process, it doesn't seem, as the, the Justice Department generally is. It gets a little scary. Yeah, yeah. D- David Drucker, you know, David, we could talk to you all day. Unfortunately, we're, we're a little short for time, but let's do it again real soon. God knows there's plenty to talk about. Saved by the heartbreak, guys. Take it easy. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's always a pleasure, though, David. Sincerely, thanks. David Drucker, Thank Washington you. Examiner, senior political correspondent. Boy, but so he gives that a chance of happening. Yeah. A special investigation into the special investigation. You know, in the time we have, I'd like to thank black Alabamans for turning out and, and keeping an eye out for teenage white girls. Roy Moore tried to date because he all turned out and, and turned him away. Wow. Well done. Thank you. Interesting perspective. The Armstrong and Getty Show.